Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brandt. I'm a certified functional medicine practitioner and a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. I work with clients worldwide to help them find and fix the root causes of their health issues. And I work clinically with people via phone, Skype, FaceTime. I have Megan on staff, who's also certified functional medicine practitioner, and we are a great team. So if you have symptoms, concerns, reach out. I know you can try to do things on your own, but I'm going to save you more money, more time if we get the proper labs done so we can advise you on the proper supplements, the diet tweaks, the strategies you need to finally take back your health. So that's all at my site, evanbrand.com. We're going to get into the podcast with Eric Leha, who is an expert kettlebell trainer, and he's created some online courses called the Primal Kettlebell Course, which we're going to talk about, which is a mobility and decompression exercise course that teaches you beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels of functional movement patterns. So you can become more flexible. You can have less pain. You can build muscle. You can burn fat. Kettlebells are amazing. Eric was someone who taught me kettlebells personally when I lived down in Austin, Texas, and he was one of the head trainers for one of the in-person kettlebell certification courses that I took several years ago. It was a very, very priceless thing for me to do. I didn't realize just how <laughs> inflexible and how many muscles I did not work by doing just your standard workouts, your squats, your pull-ups, your push-ups, your bench press. I was more into the bodybuilding thing for years, and I didn't realize just how out of shape I truly was until I started doing what are called functional movement patterns using a kettlebell. And so when you hear the word kettlebell, a lot of people get intimidated. Don't be intimidated. You could use two pounders, five pounders, 10 pounders. This is not a podcast for bodybuilders. You can be 65, never picked up a kettlebell in your life and still benefit from this podcast. And we'll be promoting a special discount code for Eric's Primal Kettlebell course if you'd like to take it. It's a great course. I have the link in the show notes on your podcast app and you'll be able to just use the coupon code evan evan if you want to save some money on this course this is a good way to increase your flexibility at home so that you can understand exactly how to move and he talks you through it 24 7 it's online you have the lifetime access to the course so this is not just a sales pitch for it but i do think it's a great course to help get people moving but let's get into the podcast with eric let's talk about all of it so hope you enjoy eric thanks for joining me Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. You're doing great things, and I'm excited to, to learn more about what you're doing, and I'll talk yep. to you about what I'm up to. Likewise. Oh, so, yeah. so Eric, I mean, he he's the guy who, I mean, if not every day, at least most days of the week, he's walking around sweating, and it's because he was <laughs> lifting kettlebells, he was doing mace workouts, he was uh, a, a teacher and a coach teaching hundreds and hundreds of people how to basically perform better, and I remember... I remember you teaching me like, man, you really want to be functional because I was just really into the bodybuilding stuff I did in Kentucky, which was like doing bench press and doing lat pull downs. But you, I mean, I mean, there were several times where I was so sore after some of the stuff you taught me. I thought I've worked muscles that I didn't even know existed. And that's really when I learned the, the importance of a functional training. So maybe just give people a little background on like what you've been up to in the functional training world, because your average bodybuilder guy right now just doing chest press or your average girl right now just doing squats they really don't know what they're missing Mm -hmm. yeah so you know i come from a traditional bodybuilding workout style too growing up i was super into you know just trying to look good i remember when i was 12 years old i was super chubby 
And my girlfriend or my my sister and my brother would make fun of me all the time. They're like, you're never going to get a girlfriend. You're so fat and ugly. And I was like, man, forget that. I'm going to start working out. So I started reading Arnold Schwarzenegger books about bodybuilding. So I got really swole as a, as a young kid. I got jacked. And then I was like, I felt tough. I was like, man, I look like a superhero now. I was like 13, 14. I was playing a little bit of football. And I was like, you know what? I want to take it up a notch. I want to start doing mixed martial arts. I'm going to start going to jujitsu and kickboxing class. I want to be a fighter. I want to be like Goku from Dragon Ball Z, go fight some people in some tournaments. And so I started training, taking martial arts classes, and I was getting beat up by everybody and the janitor, man. Everybody was beating me up. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I look like I'm in way better shape than all these people. Like, I got huge biceps, six-pack abs, and grandpa over there, he's, he's like mopping the floor with me, twisting me up, submitting me all over the place. And so I realized, like, man, like, my training is not very effective for real-world, like, sports and experience and, like, uh, actual, like, the chaos of, of, of fighting and combat. Uh, sure, like I had like like a strong bench press, a strong squat, but when it came to you know trying to throw somebody off of me or uh, try to stand up, push somebody from you know try to prevent somebody from choking me, it took a, a really different type of strength, you know, to withstand not getting choked out or be able to hold somebody in a headlock until they tapped out. It was totally different from just moving in single uh, planes of motion. And so I started looking at my, my superiors in, in, those, in those classes and these professional fighters that were using kettlebells and sledgehammers on tires. They were focusing on full body functional training and conditioning workouts. You know, they were still incorporating, you know, the traditional lifts, but they were mixing that in with these functional types of training and also training for combat, training more jujitsu, wrestling more, boxing but adding in those explosive movements and rotations using kettlebells and other unconventional tools um, was was what really helped them take it to the next level. Like you said, they were working muscles that they weren't normally working. You know those different stabilizing muscles in the shoulders. When you're doing a a kettlebell press, is a little bit different from when you're doing a dumbbell press, just because you know the the weight is offloaded off to the side of your wrist, so it's kind of you're fighting that rotation and strengthening your core. You're activating your lats a little bit different in the different grips, grips and ready positions. So when I started experimenting with kettlebells, I fell in love with them because they took what was I felt was already a really strong foundation with the traditional workouts with barbells and dumbbells and took me to the next level. It made me a more well-rounded athlete by adding the, the different types of rotational movements and explosive movements that – uh, feel a lot better when you're using a kettlebell, you know, because you can do snatches and swings with a dumbbell, but the grip on the kettlebell, the way it's shaped, it's just it feels a lot more natural. You feel like a savage when you're working out with a kettlebell. So your average and, woman listening, she's like, "Well, Eric, I don't want to fight anybody. I don't think I'm going to be getting put in headlocks anytime soon. So why should I care about doing kettlebells?" Because it's honestly, it feels. I feel like it's a lot more accessible when you're using. You know, a kettlebell because it's super versatile. You can use it for all kinds of stuff. You can use it for all the same types of movements that you're doing with a, a barbell or a dumbbell. And But with the different positions, you can grip a kettlebell. You can actually feel a lot more comfortable doing those types of moves. 
for me, when I train a new client, I have them do squats and presses with a kettlebell first because like, like I was saying, it works those different stabilizing muscles that help you strengthen your foundation so that then you can progress to doing heavier loaded lifts with a barbell, with dumbbells. It helps you build a stronger foundation and you know there's different levels you know a kettlebell is just a weight with a handle on it you know so it's up to your coach and your imagination where you can use that for you can do it for super basic movements all the way to super advanced rotational explosive types of training that you know it's really great for athletes and stuff but super great for beginners too and that's why uh i i before the pandemic I used to coach the uh, on it kettlebell certifications and you know it was awesome you know having people of all levels come in I would have coaches that had way more years experience than me training clients and coach coaching athletes you know come and learn from from us on how to use kettlebells and we had beginners that just want to learn how to work out that would come in and they would all benefit from the same techniques we would teach because you know it's great for everybody there's you can use a kettlebell for anything. Yeah, see, I think a lot of people just get scared away from it because it seems macho. It seems so tough. I mean, I've got countless clients in their 40s and 50s and 60s, women that, you know, they're worried about bone density. They're worried about losing muscle mass. So we'll give them maybe like some grass-fed whey protein. We'll make sure that we're fixing their digestion. If they have gut infections, mm-hmm. we're treating that. We're supporting the adrenals. But then beyond that, to get them working out, it's too intimidating. And the barrier of entry is like, well, where do I go? What do I do? So... Uh, tell us about what you've mm-hmm. been doing because you've created some courses, which is which is insanely impressive. I can't believe the amount of videos you've recorded. I thought I was good at creating content, and I think you've you've outdone me with your content. <laughs> yeah, so I actually I have a online kettlebell course, which is basically a kettlebell certification that you would do uh, on a weekend. You know, from it's like a it's because like I was saying, I used to teach those kettle on it kettlebell certifications. Those are weekend long from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. long courses where everybody's in there training and drilling the different techniques. Well, I kind of condensed that and simplified it and put it into a video format for uh, for people to watch online and do from home where all you need is one or two kettlebells to do all the movements and learn all the fundamental movement patterns from how to get the kettlebell off the floor and into your rack position to be able to do presses, to be able to do cleans and swings, all that good stuff. I break it all down in my kettlebell course. and But most importantly, what I've gotten a ton of good feedback for on that course is the, uh, the emphasis that I put on mobility and decompression, which honestly are some of the most important factors that come in, go into my training and training my clients is the recovery and being able to train for longevity as opposed to just going really hard. You know, like I was talking about earlier, I was training to be an athlete. You know, even when I was training to be an MMA fighter, it was the days where I actually recovered from my training and adapted to the stimulus that I put my body through, all that hard stuff that I put it through. It wasn't doing me any good unless I was able to recover. And so I paid real emphasis on my nutrition, but also getting good sleep and recovering from the workouts by doing a proper warm up and a proper cool down so that all the the uh, tension and stress that I put my body under I can kind of decompress from it and actually make some gains you know because if you I'm just going hard all the time 
it's going to be hard for your body to actually improve and see the uh, the results from recovering from that hard training. You know, because the whole point of working out is to put your body under stress and then to break down muscle tissue to compress the bones so that they can then have time to recover afterwards and actually grow and benefit from that, that training stimulus you put it under. And so it took me a while to learn that. You know, I would go really hard all the time. But when I finally, you know, encountered the coaches at the Onnit Academy that taught me the importance of a proper warm-up, proper cool-downs and recovery and mobility training, uh, I took my game to the next level. And I'm the strongest and healthiest I've ever been. And so that's why when people take my online course, they see these these warm-ups, these mobility uh, joint rotations where you're not even using any weight, but you start to sweat because you got your arms overhead doing uh, arm rotations that are getting into the joint capsules, warming up your, your hips, your knees, your ankles, even your neck and your fingers, all the things that you know we tend to neglect when we're working out but are super important to keep healthy so that we don't get injured. I cover all that stuff in my course, and that's some of uh, it's mostly everybody's uh, favorite part of the course because it's something not a lot of us are exposed to in traditional training. You know, you go to a gym and you just see people doing bicep curls and just kind of going straight into their workout or hopping on a treadmill for five minutes to get warmed up. Well, I do that sometimes, but I always make sure I throw in my mobility at some part of the day. You know, if I'm in a rush and if I want to just get a quick workout in. That might be what I have to do, but I still make sure I, I cover my bases. And maybe in the morning, I'll do my, my joint mobility routine. Or at night, I'll try to decompress with some stretches. But that's all stuff that I include in the course that you can add into your daily routine or before and after your workout. And people have been feeling you know, great. Because you know, like you said, people are intimidated by these, these kettlebell workouts sometimes. But when they enter the course, I teach them all the fundamentals – and the prerequisites it takes to, you know, get to that level that you see on social media, on those Instagram videos where I'm doing these crazy routines. You know, I show people that you got to drill the basics and build a strong foundation to get to that level so that you don't get hurt and focus on mobility. Yeah, well said. What does this translate to in the real world? I mean, when you're going through your daily task your daily stressors you're going to the grocery you're going to the park if you got a dog or you're going to ride a bike i mean what does it translate to i mean do you feel more grounded do you feel less stressed i mean i think people don't understand how much your life changes by being fit i mean even just some of the stuff that i learned through some of the certification i mean just the way that i handle groceries for example is different mm -hmm. it's like wow i mean you think of the the older woman grabbing her case of sparkling water and you, you can turn it into fun and you don't even feel it when you're, when you're yeah. strong. Yeah. When you feel, when you have strength and you, you work out, you know, you're more mindful of yeah everyday tasks. When I'm brushing my teeth, you know, I'm, sometimes I catch myself like slouching over, thinking mindlessly and brushing my teeth. And then I'm like, whoa, I like, I look at myself in the mirror, like, man, I need to stand up. I need to posture up and focus on reinforcing good habits. I'm like, I brush my teeth every day. I should probably work out every day to reinforce, you know, good body alignment, you know, so that when I work out, I focus on good form, drilling quality reps, because I don't want to build bad habits and do a, a messed up rep 
over time, it's going to end up, you know, destroying my shoulder, causing pain in my neck. If I'm shrugging while I'm doing a certain exercise, you know, if I focus on good form and building good habits, it translates well to everyday life. Like when I'm sitting on a computer working all day, you know, I sit up straight, I breathe into my diet, like through my diaphragm, I breathe into my low back, I keep my back straight, you know, because my back hurts sometimes when I'm slouching and working. So if I reinforce good posture, good breathing technique, I, you know, I feel a whole lot better and I get through my day a lot and I'm almost pain free, you know, because sometimes we don't think about it, you know, sitting sideways while you're driving in your car and, you know, it can develop over time. If you're driving around for hours, you know, every day, if you sit up, sit up straight, take your wallet out, out of your back pocket, it can realign your hips in a, in a better position and that's all stuff that you start being mindful of when you train with a coach or you work out at the gym when you're focusing on good form and keeping your hips square and keeping your spine neutral and in line that uh, you start paying attention to that kind of stuff when you're doing everyday tasks like you know when you're playing with the kids you're picking them up putting them in a stroller you learn to bend over properly without hurting your back you know that's it's your training for everyday life if you're not training for a sport. And I like to work out first thing in the morning. You know, I like to knock out my cardio because it helps me kind of get into that flow state, get that blood pumping first thing in the morning before I check my emails or get to work. I like to get into that, that me time, which when I'm doing exercise, it just gets all the juices flowing and I can actually be creative before I start worrying about you know, the rest of the day. And it can, I can come up with some juicy ideas when I'm in that zone too, which is awesome. So what do you do? Without any other distractions. I like to do cardio first thing in the morning. What does that look like? How long, what, what, what intensity? Low intensity. Okay. Like I'll do, I'll wake up first thing in the morning. I'll pound, uh, like some BCAAs and some glutamine. I'll take, uh, some, uh, CLA and some acetyl L-carnitine. I'll pound that. I'll wait about 30 minutes, kind of do some mobility stretches. I'll get warmed up, and then I'll go for either a 30-minute run or a 30-minute to 60-minute bike ride. I've been loving riding bikes just because it's a lot easier on my joints. Um, but I keep it low intensity. I'll put on a good podcast or some good music and just, just kind of coast. And like I said, try to get into that flow state and think of some new new ideas, new things I want to work on. And then I'll get home and start working. But, you know, for me, it's low intensity cardio in the morning uh, before I have my breakfast. And then I'll have breakfast as, uh, as soon as I'm done with my cardio. So, so it's I mean, kind of fasted. It's kind of like a fasted cardio, but not technically since I take my my supplements right before. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're not doing protein or anything, I call it a fast. So, I mean, even even back when you and I were working together, you already had nutrition dialed in. I mean, you were pretty much eating paleo. You still would do some rice, I believe. You would still do some starch, some potatoes. What do you do now? Or have you tweaked it? Have you played? And yeah. What are you doing? So I realized for me, like going uh, carb-free or grain-free and just trying to go super low-carb was not working for me because I was working out so hard all the time. Um. You know, Were you crashing about, or, or or what was happening? Like I, energy I physically? Like, yeah, I felt physically depleted. My muscles weren't as juicy and plump as they could have been. And endurance was, you know, tanking. 
And like, I, I felt like I could sustain for like a couple of weeks where I looked really strong and I looked lean, but I wasn't performing very well. And next thing you know, I would either get sick or get, you know, bounce back and just kind of blow it, uh, kind of fall off my diet, start eating really bad or eat too much fats. You know, I wasn't, I didn't really have it dialed in. Um, so then I realized like, man, like I need to just start incorporating carbs into my, my diet. And so what I realized what worked for me is doing kind of like a carb cycling method to where I eat carbs around my activities, like in the cardio in the morning, I'll knock that out and then I'll have a, a breakfast that's high in protein, high in carbs, like oatmeal, honey, and some fruit. And then I'll eat, uh, and my meals in between the day when I'm not very active, I'll eat low carb, high protein. And then in the evenings or post workout, after I get my lift in, I'll do high carbs again, high protein. And then the evening is when I do no carbs and uh, high protein, higher fat. Yeah, people may be afraid of that. I mean, in general, like a lot of the paleo primal people, it's low carb, low carb, low carb. That's all you hear. And in general, people feel better that way. But it's it's not when you get into training. And that's the same thing that happened to me. I started crashing. I mean, literally, I ran my adrenal profile. And my hormone levels were just crashing when, when I was without carbs or it's impossible to go like zero carb. But you know, you get tiny amounts maybe from broccoli, but if I did like a grass-fed steak and broccoli, I was exhausted. But if I threw in just like, yeah. a, like a baked sweet potato with some butter or if I did just some organic white rice, I mean it made the difference between progress and like you said, almost like a physical depression too. I mean I, did, I just mm -hmm. felt depleted, literally. I couldn't get as much of a pump when I had went too little carb. Yep. And yeah, then sleep no. too. I mean, my sleep's not as good either. If I go too low carb, I just don't feel as rested. Like if I do a baked sweet really? potato, I sleep much better. Yeah. I don't do it every day, but you're saying, so like what if you're doing, I don't know if you ever take three, four days off, but if you're doing three, four days off or you're just doing like fun stuff, you're doing play, you're not really doing heavy training. Are you, are you tweaking it then? Or are you going to stick lower carb or do you not think about it that much? Yeah, I'll, I'll still do high carbs in the morning after breakfast just because for me, I want to try to maintain uh, muscle mass and size. And so I feel like, you know, if I'm fasted all night, I don't want my body to become catabolic and start burning all that muscle that I've been working so hard for, you know, because I, I train for physic for, you know, aesthetics, performance and, you know, feeling good. And so aesthetics, you know, I want to maintain that muscle, but I also want to have muscle so that I I'm strong and healthy and you know it also it helps me burn fat too when I have extra muscle and I'm leaner and so when I wake up in the morning that's why I drink my BCAAs my glutamine uh, before I do my cardio so I can you know try not to let my body start becoming catabolic and then that's why as soon as I'm done with my cardio I eat a high carb high protein breakfast so that I can you know replenish uh, my muscles, my glycogen in my muscles so that I can have fuel for later when I need to hit, hit a heavy workout or a high intensity, uh, lift. And, you know, for me personally, having carbs, high carbs around my activities, I need them because I train hard, you know, at least, you know, once a day. And I like to, you know, replenish my carbohydrates in the morning. Yeah, see, people are probably scratching their heads because they're like, well, keto is like the popular thing now, right? You see people talking mm -hmm. about keto. You see people talking about carnivore. But, I mean, I, I do think that overall if you get what they call fat adapted and you're just running just like that on just, you know, 
MCT mm-hmm. yeah. oil by the spoonful. I think it's possible, but are you thinking that these people that are that are saying this and really pushing people towards keto, are you thinking these are people that are just not training as much, so maybe they don't feel exactly. the same way? Yeah, I don't think they're training as much. Uh, if you see like CrossFit athletes, you know they're they have carbs in their diet. You know they'll eat you know low carb on the meals when they're not being as active to try to prevent you know from uh, putting on dietary fa- or putting on fat from eating too much dietary fat. You know, so when they're eating their carbs, you know, f- traditionally for me, when I eat high carb and high fat and high protein, I end up putting on some fat, putting on some extra weight just because it's caloric overload for me. And I end up eating way too many calories at the end of the day. And I start putting on uh, body fat. So for me, I have to figure out what works best for me. And for me, it's having that higher energy from the carbs because I'm training so much. But if you're not training as much, if you're working, you know, if you're sitting around all day and you're getting maybe, you know, a moderate intensity workout at the end after work or in the morning, you know, maybe add some complex carbs around that workout. You might not need, you know, fast acting carbs, fast digesting carbs, like, you know, white rice or white potatoes. You could eat a sweet potato, eat a complex carbs, like some black beans that will digest a little bit slower, but they're still going to give you uh, replenish your glycogen stores. If you only hit like a moderate workout, you know, you might not need the, the simple carbs. Um, but for me, you know, I hit it hard almost every day. So I like to replenish, replenish my carbohydrates a lot I, better. I like, I like hearing start- it from you because you know, you look at all the books now, I mean, almost every book or any kind of like nutrition that you're going to hear, it's just carbs are the devil kind of thing. And I, I don't, I don't want to say I was afraid of them. I mean, I've always been super lean, so I wasn't afraid of getting fat or anything, but I was just kind of confused. I was like, okay, well, everybody's demonizing carbs. They're saying you need to be fat adapted. Just do your butter, your grass fed steaks, your MCT oil, just get fat adapted and everything will be fine. Look at the, uh, look at the tribes in Africa. They'll say, oh, look at this guy eating zebra and he runs 20 miles a day and he doesn't eat carbs. So you should be able to do it too. But for me, it just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I think. You know, there's that thing. I think it's called gluco, glu, gluconeogenesis, yep. where you're supposed to start producing uh, glycogen from uh, from from proteins. And yeah, your liver's supposed fat. to be able to help out. Your liver's supposed to be able to pinch it. Yeah, if you go super low carb. But you know what? My, my bias and opinion on it is, I think that we're just so stressed and. You look at the, you know, the people will point to the hunter-gatherer in Africa, right? And they'll say, well, he eats zebra meat, and that's it, and he's fine. And, you know, look how ripped he is. It's like, yeah, but, you know, he doesn't have 100 unread emails, and he doesn't have, like, Wi-Fi on, <laughs> and, you know, he's he's glued to the computer screen, and he's sitting at a desk all day. I mean, he's out in the sunshine. You know what I mean? I just don't feel like yeah. it's, a, it's a fair comparison. Yeah, and also their meat is a lot more, like, less processed, you know, I would, I would imagine, you know, I think when it comes to like doing keto and doing, uh, you know, a carnivore diet, you know, you got to make sure you're not just eating really like poor, bad quality meats and, you know, make sure, you know, it's, did you try it though? Did you, did, did you ever go just like full, like grass fed steak and broccoli and that's it and, and see how you feel? Yeah, I tried it. And while I was also training, hard at the same time and it just i felt like crap oh okay yeah, yeah so you know the thing for me i did too, it for though? a week i did it for a week and okay. i gave up 
It just wasn't. I didn't like how I was feeling. Well, see, then you got the Maybe person going to go, Eric, you didn't do it long enough. You exactly, weren't adapted. Yeah. I need to just feel like crap for a month and then it'll start working. Yeah, I don't think I like to feel good now. Right. You know? Right. Well, maybe yeah. it's a instant it, gratification, but yeah. Whatever. If you if that's what you want to do, that's great, you know, it works for you, but for me right now where I'm at, I need to stay eat a whole balance like a a well-balanced diet, you know. Yeah, well, for me, I had a lot of brain fog, too. I mean, I would just feel that I was more sluggish. I would even start slurring my words, kind of this hypoglycemic reaction. You know, I would start to get a little foggy. I would get a little bit fatigued. And, you know, I'm talking to people all day. And so I would notice I I was like slipping up on my words. I thought, man, my tongue feels heavy. And I've actually had some diabetic clients that when they're talking to me on the phone, they go, Evan, excuse me, my blood sugar's low. And, and they start slurring their words. And I thought, oh my God, I'm slurring my words. And so I started tracking my blood sugar a little bit. And even though I'd been doing high fat, I should have been adapted. I've been doing like, I don't know if I'd call it full ketogenic, but very, very close. I, I, in theory, I should have been adapted, but for, still for some reason, my blood sugar was going too low. I was into the upper 60s or the mid 70s, and I just felt so weak and depleted. So then I would mm-hmm. just go eat something like maybe just some plantain chips, for example. And then 20 yeah. minutes later, oh my God, my brain is working so much better. Yeah. Even to focus, not even just physical performance. I'm talking just being mm-hmm. able to comprehend That's what wild. the heck am I doing. Like c- cognitively, I was suffering too. Yeah. So that's wild, man. Yeah. I think I, I felt like that too, you know, just depleted. Yep. You know, I like I was craving something sweet too. Maybe I did it. Like you said, I needed to do it longer. I wasn't adapted yet, but I'm not willing to, to risk it. Uh, I like the way I feel and perform when I'm on, uh, eat carbohydrates around, around my training. Yep. Um, but then I still, you know, I, tr- I try to do, you know, high quality fats when I do cook, I use like avocado oil, I'll use, you know, olive oil when I, uh, for my cooking as well. And like try to eat, you know, less processed foods and get my carbohydrates from, from whole grains. And that's, it's been helping out, you know, do, so do you stay away from gluten or do you at least try to? Yeah, I try to stay away from gluten. And if I do eat bread, I eat like sourdough okay. on the weekends. When, when I do high carbs, I'll eat like a sandwich with some sourdough bread. And that always feels like it. It digests a lot better. I feel healthier. I don't know if it's just placebo, but when I eat white bread or like a burger from somewhere, maybe it's like a combination of high fat, high carb that makes you feel like crap. Um, but when I eat normal bread and sweets, it just doesn't – I feel like crap. You know, gluten, I feel like makes you feel bloated and really sick. Yep. And so I stick to, to you know – I guess like first step carbs, you know, like, like rice, beans, uh, potatoes, you know, try to, you know, make sure I'm the one cooking it and making it. And if it's bread, I'll eat some sourdough every now and then. So but you're out of no, the fighting game. No more fights for you. I was worried about nah, you. Yeah, dude, I remember you were worried. Were you at my first fight? Uh, no, I, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know I why I didn't saw go. It. But I saw the video and I, and I remember talking to you because I was like the only one on the other yeah. side, right? Everybody's like, go Eric. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Eric, can I can I talk to you for a minute, please? Yeah, dude. I learned real quick. I learned everything I needed to learn in that one MMA fight. I did a kickboxing match after that on it. That was really fun. I had a little bit more experience. You know, I learned how to move, how to faint, how to trick people. You know, so that was a lot more fun. The first experience in the cage was brutal, man. It was uh, – 
I'd never want to do that again. I was trying to kill the guy who was trying to kill me. We were like fighting to the death. It was an exhilarating experience, but uh, I, I realized like, man, this is like not fun. There's a bunch of drunk people all around me cheering me, cheering me on to kill this guy. And like, I don't even drink myself. Like, I don't like alcohol. I don't like being surrounded by people that drink alcohol. That's all it was. A bunch of drunk people telling me to kill this guy. And like, I, I like combat and like, like it's challenging, but getting punched in the head that many times, I was like, this is not healthy. You know, like I want to, I want to live to be able to enter virtual reality and play some cool games. You know, I don't want to destroy my brain. Like I want to see the future. So I'm going to take a step back and focus on helping people become, you know, optimal in their health and their training and working out so that they can feel, look and, and move better, you know, not just, you know, try to reach this optimal performance to where I can test my body against somebody else's body and try to kill each other. That's great to, to watch as entertainment nowadays. It still gets me riled up. You know, like I had a friend fighting in the UFC for the first time last weekend. I lost my voice cheering him on, but that's I'll, I'll let them play that game. I'm, I'm cool where I'm at. You know, I'm actually super fortunate and thankful to be able to help as many people as I've been able to help without having to get punched in the face and inspiring people, you know, without getting, without having to go get beat up. I'm I'm so So. glad, I'm so glad you had that realization because it was almost like a switch. I don't know if somebody got in your ear or what, but you became like this warrior and I was just trying to talk you out of it. And I'm like, Eric, come on, man. And I know everybody's like, hit it, hit it. You know, they're just, (laughs) they wanted you to go all in. And, and, you know, here I am, this guy just trying to convince you. And I was like the bad guy to everyone else. Like, you know, don't, don't talk him out of his dreams and that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, because you were in it. I mean, it was like a switch. You were like, "I'm warrior mindset. I got to do this." Yeah, I felt like I had a, you know, I had something I had to live up to. You know, I guess it was something I had always dreamed of doing. You know, it wasn't even about impressing anybody else. It was just about like I want to do it because I've always told myself that this is what I wanted to do. And then when I was in there, I learned that like, man, this isn't what I want. You know, this is whack. This is crazy. Like, this isn't, this isn't like healthy. You know, like I want to, I want to be a positive influence, not be like, it's, it's risky, man, going in there. It's like, it's like gambling, you know, I'm not into gambling, you know, and like taking chances like that. Um, but well, I'm glad. I mean, and, there's a time, and, and, there's and, a time and place, man, you know, like you got to take risks to have fun and enjoy life. Uh, but I'm still, you know, you got to you got to pick your battles and see what's really worth it without, you know, really destroying your health. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were really never into alcohol either, because so many guys uh, that, that get into whether it's like competitive sports or training. I mean, there's this kind of undertone of like this party mindset. And I was never into alcohol either. So that was another thing that where you and I really got along because everyone around us, you know, that was just kind of the cool thing. And I just felt so out of place yeah. being around that. And so for you to, to not be into it, I'm like, Oh, thank God. Somebody else realizes this is just poison. This has no benefit. It's destroying your gut yeah. barrier. It's destroying your brain. So I think that really helps you with training too, because I see so many clients who I work with, I've worked with some uh, different athletes, whether they're like figure skaters or I've worked with a few fighters and they'll still go out and they'll drink. And I'm just like, do you not realize you're just counteracting the whole week of training because you're going to go yeah. and drink? Even if it's wine, it's still two bottles of wine. That's too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people like to use it as their reward. You know, they go party after a, a competition and stuff like that. But for me, there's enough stimulus in the world that engages me and keeps me happy that doesn't have to be high on alcohol or on drugs. There's so much. You know, the world is so beautiful and vibrant on its own. I'd rather just enjoy it sober. And, uh, you know, there's just so much, man. And that's what I love about about being alive. You know, there's so many things to do. And the best way for me to enjoy it is when I'm firing on all cylinders. I can focus on what I want to focus on. I can relax when I need to relax, not be at the mercy of drugs or alcohol where they can go up and down and make me crash. You know, I want I, I want to be in the game and, you know, have control of my body. That way I can experience things the way I want to experience them, but also be lucid enough to, you know, be able to let go when I, oh, I need to and, you know, not need drugs and alcohol to help me relax. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think you've done great. You've really stepped into the teacher role. It's super impressive. You guys should go check out Eric's Instagram page. If you're not on Instagram, that's fine. You can still check out his videos uh, on YouTube as well. And then through his course, you can check out the videos. You know, you're coming up on 900,000 followers on Instagram. Is that for real? Yeah, dude. I mean, I bought half of them. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You never know these days. Uh, Yeah, it's all for real. People are super supportive and they love kettlebells and, you know, unconventional training. Um, But, you know, it's not all, you know, pretty lights. You know, I also coach people on how to do the fundamentals and the foundations. That's where you can use my, my website and my, my kettlebell course to learn how to get to that next level. Or if you want, just stay stay with that foundational work because honestly, the best results come from drilling the foundations. Like my workouts consist like 5% of all that really hard, crazy stuff. The other 95% is just drilling the basics because that's what's going to help me improve to that next level because you, know, you got to Keep building that groundwork. It's going to help elevate all your your skills and your other fancier techniques are going to get better by keep strengthening the fundamentals. And so that's what I like to preach to my clients and my, my customers on my online courses is drill the basics and you're going to get the most out of fundamental exercises. So I'm, don't be I'm afraid glad. to try my workouts, you know, because it's not all super hard stuff. It's mostly, you know the fundamentals that are going to help you become uh, better overall. Yeah, I mean, I'm just picturing myself thinking if I'm like a 55-year-old woman and I look at your picture and you're freaking ripped, you got no shirt on, you're sweaty, (laughs) you got a huge kettlebell in your hand, I'm thinking... (laughs) is this for me? Like, how could I possibly do this? So I'm really, it's really reassuring for you to talk about the fundamentals because, you know, um, you know, it it may look super macho, but in reality, what you're showing are functional movements that are going to apply to your everyday life, whether it's you picking Mm -hmm. up your children or playing with your grandchildren or running and doing Frisbee, all the work you're putting in there is going to allow you to be so much more functional in your day-to-day life. And I've had several clients in their 60s over the past few months who've fallen and broken their wrist or broken their arm or their shoulder or broken their hip. And I just think, well, wow, what if they had been doing some kind of functional training? How much more, number one, stable would they have been? Maybe they never would have fallen Mm -hmm. in the first place. Number two, what about their bone density? How much stronger would they have been where they possibly would have fell and they would have known how to properly catch themselves so that they wouldn't have gotten hurt and needed surgery and all this other crap? Yeah, and stay tuned. You know, here in the next few months, me and my girlfriend are actually working on a full follow-along program 
for uh, the foundations for beginners uh you know you could say so it's going to be for all levels but for mainly for people who are just getting started we're going to have those workouts available uh so that it can provide an entry point for people who are really intimidated to try even the moderate uh intensity workout so stay tuned you know we'll, we'll have that stuff available very soon awesome and i'll give you all the details in the the post follow you know the post talk here on the podcast because uh, eric is offering you guys a discount to his course which yep. is super nice of him to do so thank you eric and i'll give you all the details after oh let's spend two minutes talking about covid real quick and then we'll wrap this thing up because i think it's yeah. interesting so i had it back in july i was exhausted for about a week and i noticed my resting heart rate was very very elevated even just like getting out of bed and standing up my heart rate would go up to like 130 and i was almost sweating just by standing and i've read a lot of reports about this people having like um heart palpitations or tachycardia or other issues and you had posted i couldn't find it i think it was a long time ago but you had posted like a before and after picture of you like before covid and after and you had lost muscle mass and you had gained body mm -hmm. fat and you told me that you really got affected from it so just run us down through the story and then like how did it affect training and then what about now do you feel like you have any of this kind of post-covid syndrome or are you back to normal I'm back to normal now, but it took me like six months. It's I got sick back in June, and I just barely started cranking up the intensity January 1st. I started working out with my brother and his, his group of monsters, so I started turning up the intensity. But before that, I was mostly just doing kettlebell workouts, low-intensity uh, strength training routines, like, like traditional lifts with just – uh, like squats and presses, low intensity stuff, nothing crazy where I'm jumping and doing plyometrics, and snatches and explosive training, just building that foundation back up because I got really sick and pretty much lost all my gains. I was out for four weeks, three weeks. I was bedridden, night sweats. I was like changing the sheets, throwing them in the dryer every, every couple hours because they were soaked in sweat. I had high fevers. I went to the emergency room twice. What did they do for you? Why'd you go to the emergency room? What was going on? Because my fever was at like 104 for like the whole day. And so I finally decided like I need to go get checked out. My oxygen was dropping. And so I was like, I need to just go, go to the ER and see what they tell me. But by the time I got there, all the medicine I had taken had kicked in and my fever went down. So they sent me home. So thankfully it was, you know, just my fever going up, but the medicine work. Were you doing herbs better. or prescriptions like ivermectin or what were you doing? Yeah, I took ivermectin and I was also taking a ton of ibuprofen and Advil and that helped kind of calm the fever. Uh, wow. But yeah, the ivermectin was the main thing that I took that I think helped me recover. Nicely done. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, my my dad got, that. yeah, dude, my dad got really sick too. He was in the hospital for two weeks. It was crazy, man. This stuff is real. What um, was going on with him? Dude, he was in the hospital for two weeks. Like he was about to die. Man. Breathing like, trouble was, or what was going on? Yeah, his, he, yeah, his, he had really terrible breathing problems because he's diabetic. So it hit him really hard. And uh, but thankfully, my aunt, she's a doctor. She was able to consult with the doctors there at the hospital and get them to be aggressive with the treatment, and they were able to to help him recover. So that was awesome. Wow. Um, well, good but for both for of me, you guys. So six months, I mean, that's that's crazy because, I mean, you're in better shape than I am. And if it took you that long, that's that that's crazy. I guess I'm glad that I didn't get as sick as you. 
Yeah, man. I was doing a lot of herbs, though. I mean, I was doing tons of, like, antiviral herbs, hutinia. I was doing Japanese knotweed. I was doing rhodiola for my oxygen. I mean, I was on so many herbs before I even got sick just for some of the stuff I was treating. And then when I got it, I just ramped up my dosing. So I do think I really shortened my my curve, and I think I kind of reduced my severity quite a bit. Yeah. Well, also, I think I was low in, like, vitamin D and stuff because I wasn't taking – I wasn't supplementing vitamin D and I was I wasn't really going out much. I was train I was working mostly during the the nighttime, so I was indoors a lot. But yeah, that'll do it too. Just stressed out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eric, great to great to chat with you. I enjoyed it a lot, and we'll send people back to your site. We'll give them the coupon code so they can check out your course. I highly recommend it. Eric is a guy who he walks the walk and talks the talk. I mean, he's in the trenches. He's not just like a like a figurehead or a talking head. I mean, this guy puts in more work than anybody I know. So super, super impressive guy and somebody you definitely want on your fitness team, even just for inspiration. I mean, just to keep you motivated. I mean, Eric is your guy. So thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This was awesome. It was good catching up. Let's do it again sometime. I'm super down. Sounds good. Take care. Hope you enjoyed that episode. As we mentioned, I'll have the link in the show notes if you want to take Eric's Primal Kettlebell course. I think it's a great intro, beginner, intermediate, advanced people. You can benefit from it. I mean, I've even got my grandparents trying out some kettlebells just at a very, 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 very light weight. You can really increase flexibility, you know, really to preserve bone density and bone health, not only the nutritional strategies that I talk about, but also just doing some weight-bearing exercises. That is how you preserve your bones so you don't fall and break your hip because you don't want to do that. So I encourage you to check it out. If you do end up enrolling in Eric's course, you can use the coupon code EVAN and you get 15% off. And Eric's a phenomenal instructor. I mean, he does it in an easy-to-follow way. So if you're looking for a hands-on course that you can do at home, that's the one. So check it out. And I'll be in touch next week. If you need help clinically, please reach out at my site, evanbrand.com. And uh, warehouses. We moved our warehouse from Texas to Florida. Now we're in the big leagues. We're using a professional distributor. We were before, but now we're using a distributor that all of the professional companies use, like Claire Labs and some of these major manufacturers. So we've actually increased our Uh, shipping speeds and everything is just flowing flowing amazing so if you need to stock up check out my new epic multi it's awesome we could hardly keep it in stock but now we made a big batch of it so we should have some for quite a while but it is called epic multi this is a methylated multivitamin with phytonutrients so you're going to get some broccoli seed extract you're going to get quercetin broccoli sprouts you're going to get some citrus bioflavonoids, some wild blueberry blend. You're going to get all of your molybdenum, chromium, manganese, selenium, zinc, magnesium, your methylated folate, which is the best version, quatrifolic. It's one of the best patented versions of a natural uh, folate. We've got your vitamin K. We've got a K1, a K2. We've got the MK7 version in there also. So just a really, really awesome formula. I take it every single day. My wife takes it. She does amazing with it. So check it out. It's called Epic Multi. That's at my site, auraroots.com, A-U-R-A roots.com. And I've, of course, got my best-selling Pure Digest Enzyme on there, my Pure Omegas. With those three things, those are really your foundational nutrients. And I have a whole category on my website for, quote, foundational nutrients that you can look at. That would also include my new product, which is called 
Daily Greens, which is an organic greens plus enzymes. We added some enzymes to it because, as you know, if you've paid attention, plants are hard to digest and they do have some nutrients or anti-nutrients rather that would try to prevent you from breaking those down. But when you add enzymes like protease, amylase, lipase, cellulase to those, you can get a lot more bang for your buck. So in terms of broccoli sprouts and kale sprouts and organic carrots and beets and spirulina and camu camu, we've got a great blend. It's called Daily Greens. People love it. It is a lemon-lime flavor, and I think you'll love it. So check it out. We'll be in touch. Take care. Bye-bye.